All right, so let's get started here. Um, we're just going to open with a word of prayer. So, Father, I just thank you and I bless your name for uh, your spirit, your presence, your anointing, your word, your truth, Father God, uh, your word, Father God, that is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword that is that pierces and divides asunder the soul from the spirit, the joint from the marrow, and, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I thank you tonight, Father, for your living word that shall never return unto you void, that you have as, that you have esteemed above your own name in Jesus' name. Let your word speak tonight. Let your Holy Spirit have preeminence and take over tonight and the spirit of truth to prevail over every lie of the enemy and to cast out all darkness, to open the eyes of the blind, to open the eyes of the blind and to unstop the ears of those who cannot hear what your spirit is saying unto them and unto the churches, the churches in Jesus mighty name. I will say the church in Jesus name, father, which is your bride, awaken your bride, awaken your sleeping bride tonight and call them, O oh Father God, into a place of communion and fellowship with you that they've never experienced before. I pray that you draw them, Father God, back to their first love, which is you. In Jesus' name, I pray, <clears throat> and we give you the glory and praise. Amen. All right, so we want to uh, go ahead and get started here. Uh, Brother Robert here says, depends on the mood and what I'm doing and who I'm with. Oh, okay. Uh, with the rain. Oh, yeah. 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 The conditions do uh, matter, right? Conditions do matter. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's get going here. I'm just opening my notes. And uh, we're talking about the spirit, um, how to recognize, leave, and recover from a Jezebelic church, um, we know that uh, Jezebel was a woman in the Bible. Um, however, you know, uh, she is more uh, better known today as a demonic spirit, a demonic spirit that transcends gender, right? It can be male or female and is characterized by lust, idolatry, rebellion, uh, manipulation, <laughs> false teaching, unrepentant sin, a number of things. And so many characteristics of the Jezebel spirit that operates in male and female gender. Tonight, we're talking about how to recognize a Jezebelic church or Jezebelic leadership in a church. However, um, we will be talking about uh, talking more and zooming in, zooming in more on the actual spirit of Jezebel, um, how she functions um, in a human being, as well as uh, who she functions with. So that's going to be an interesting teaching as well. So that's coming down the pipeline here. But tonight we're focusing on Jezebelic churches. So I hope you have your Bible, your pen, your pad. You can jot down a few things, uh, take some notes, because this is going to be very, very, uh, it's going to be confirmation to some, and it's going to be uh, education to others, right? Um, so we're, uh, we want to uh, take note also that uh, of the scriptures, uh, the first scripture, it's just two scriptures that we're going to uh, basically refer to 
when we're speaking about Jezebel. The first one is First Kings chapter 18. First uh, Kings chapter 18, all through chapter 18, we understand, and I have preached before concerning the spirit of Elijah, the spirit of Elijah, and how he uh, defeated and destroyed Jezebel's prophets, uh, the prophets of Jezebel. And so um, when we look here at first Kings chapter 18, quickly, first uh, Kings chapter 18. And we understand that Jezebel um, was a queen, right? She was married to King Ahab and, um, uh, I'm going to read here a little bit to give you a little background for those who don't know. Uh, we're going to start at First uh, Kings chapter 16, verse 29. First uh, Kings 16 uh, and 29 here. It says, and in the, thir- in, in the 30 and 8th year of Asa, king of Judah, began Ahab, the son of Imri, or Omri, to reign over Israel. And Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria 20 and two years. And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. So he was the most wicked king of his time. He was the most wicked king ever in the time that he uh, in the time of his reign and. It says here, uh, and it came to pass as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbel, king of the, of the Zidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. So we understand there that Jezebel was the daughter of Ethbel who was king of the, of the Zidonians and the God that they worshiped was Baal uh, or the idol that they worshiped false God that they worshiped was Baal. And he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria and Ahab made a grove and Ahab made a grove. Like keep these things in mind now, a grove, right? And, and, and the word grove, means a wooden image, a wooden image. And so um, he made this idol uh, and did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. Amen. All right. So that's how wicked (laughs) King Ahab was and also uh, his wife, Jezebel. Okay. So uh, going on to 1 Kings chapter 18, we see here, um, uh, I'm just going to give you uh, the passage of scripture and then you can uh, read through if you don't know, in case you don't know where the scripture is located. It's um, 1 Kings chapter 8 or where the story is located. 1 Kings chapter 18, uh, we're going to start, you can start at verse 17. Uh, and read all the way through to the end of that chapter, and then uh, verse uh, chapter nineteen um, as well. Now, it, uh, chapter nineteen talks about um, 
Elijah's escape from Jezebel. But towards the end of chapter 18 there, it talks about um, Jezebel's threat. Um, Jezebel's threat, right? Uh, or excuse me, Elijah's sacrifice. And then Jezebel threatens him because he destroyed 450 of Jezebel's prophets or false prophets. Amen. So um, in chapter 19 and verse one is where it, where it begins to talk about Jezebel and a little bit about her character. So let's read this verse one. It says, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me. And more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. And so we're going to stop here. It shows us a little bit about um, the nature of Jezebel, how intimidating and how, you know, threatening she can be, how evil and wicked she can be. So now we're going to go here to Revelation. Uh, this is the last scripture, you guys. Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 20. Revelation 2 and 20 when you have it. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I'll start at 18 for those who don't, don't uh, know what this is referring to. This is Jesus um, speaking to the seven churches and uh, verse 18, he's talking to the church in Thyatira. He says, and unto the angel or the messenger or the leader or the, sh uh, the shepherd of the church in Thyatira, write These things saith the son of God who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire. Fire means judgment. <laughs> And his feet are like burnt or like fine brass. He says, I know thy works and charity, your love and service and faith and thy patience and thy works and the last to be more than the first. So this church was full of what works, full of works, good service, love, right? Faith. They had faith, they had love, they were full of good works, and they were even patient. They were even patient, um, and they increased in good works. They did not diminish, so they were. They looked like they were moving ahead. They were moving forward, right? And it says it, and it even looked like they were growing, right? It says, notwithstanding, Jesus says, I have a few things against thee. Because thou sufferest that woman, Jezebel, a few things because of this one woman or this one spirit, Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess to teach and, sedu and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. It says, and I gave her space to repent of her fornication. That means I gave her time to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed with them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, 
except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill. Jesus is talking about killing. Okay. Jesus, God, what did we say? God is a killer. He is a killer. It says, and I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and the hearts. Jesus is he that searcheth the reins and the hearts. So what was the prayer? That the word is quick and powerful, right? Sharper than any two-edged sword, right? Jesus is the living word. It says, and the word is a, is a, uh, it's, it, it is a discerner. It, it separates the soul from the spirit, the joint from the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That is the purpose of separating the soul from the spirit. So you can see what's in the heart, right? And, and it says, and I will give unto you, unto every one of you, according to your works, according to your works. All right. So we're going to stop here and um, we're going to talk about a few signs of the Jezebel, Jezebelic spirit in a church or Jezebelic churches. A few signs of, Je of a Jezebelic church. When we speak about the church, we're speaking about the angel of the church because that's who Jesus referred to, which is the leader or the shepherd or the pastor, if you will, of that church, right? And in this case, it was a prophetic ministry. It was a prophetic ministry because in verse 20, he says, you suffer that woman, Jezebel, which called herself a prophetess to teach and, and to seduce my servants, my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed to idols. So now, few signs of this, uh, the Jezebelic spirit. And, uh, we're going to, and then we're going to talk about quickly how to, uh, leave, you know, how to leave the church and how to recover. So how do you recognize, uh, a Jezebelic church? How do you know if you're serving, if you're worshiping in a Jezebelic church and don't know it? Like, how do you know? What are the signs? How do you discern it? How do you identify? What do you look for? This is what we're going to talk about now. All right. So the first sign that we want to take note of is a controlling, manipulative, and domineering or dominating spirit. The spirit of Jezebel is controlling, manipulative, and dominating. That means it is the, it is a witchcraft spirit. Jezebel was a queen, right? And she was a wicked queen. And she was also a witch because the, the word witch refers to someone who tries to control others to accomplish their own personal agenda or their own personal desires. So they try to manipulate others through control, uh, through deception, through domination, or excuse me, they try to dominate others through control, through manipulation, and through deception. So we're talking about a spirit who wants to dominate. And 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 the way that they the way that uh the domi they dominate, be it he or she, 
is by way of control in a way that you don't even know you're being controlled. Okay. Obviously, you know, if, if, if it was obvious that you were being controlled, you probably wouldn't be there. Right. Uh, but we're talking about mind control. We're talking about spiritual programming. We're talking about spiritual grooming so that you, so that the demon can control you without you even realizing it. Um, so this, this is the first sign. What did we say? Uh, controlling, manipulative, dominating, dominating. Okay. The next one is secretive, secretive. Again, the enemy does not want his hand revealed. He understands how not to let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, right? He understands how to um, hide very well. He is very subtle. He does because he does not want to be revealed. He does not want to be exposed. He does not want to be seen because then his cover is blown. His mask is off and you can see him for who he really is. So he operates in secrecy. This spirit of Jezebel is secretive. It is a secretive spirit. It does things in secret or in darkness, right? that you don't know about and then tries to present it to you as something that is good or something that you want. So something that's, uh, it, the spirit is secretive, um, excessively private, if you will. Okay. Um, you know, very, uh, eluding, you know, very eluding and, and, and private. I don't share, you know, uh, any information about myself. I won't share information about, um, you know, uh, anything not like we know you don't have to, you, you definitely don't want to tell all your business, right? You don't have to share all the details of your life, but certain information that would be known of a, of a normal church, right. In order uh, for others to come to the church in order for the others to be drawn, you know, to the church, um, this spirit operates in secrecy. It operates in secrecy. So it's not here, there, everywhere, only in certain places that it wants to be or he or she wants to be seen and known. Okay. Um, also, the next one is anger, rage, intimidation, anger, rage, and intimidation. When this spirit, you will notice that when this spirit cannot um, have it have its way with you, when this spirit cannot uh, dominate you, manipulate you, control you, right? When this spirit uh, sees that you that you are discerning, uh, uh, you know, discerning, or you can pick up on what's going on, then uh, the spirit becomes angry. The spirit becomes um, angry, even to the point of rage. But once again, it's it's a it's private in nature. So you probably would never see the rage unless it is um, unless it, it it just absolutely cannot be hidden at all. You know what I mean? Like unless it's a situation where um, it's an on the spot situation. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like it's an on the spot encounter in front of in the open or in front of everyone. Then you will see the, the anger and the rage come out. The fangs, in other words, will come out. So when the spirit understands or or, or sees that um, it cannot have its way, 
it, that um, it is not able to control you, then it will become angry. It will become uh, uh, intimidating even to the point, excuse me, angry to the point of rage and even intimidating. Intimidating, um, intimidating uh, meaning that if I cannot get you, if I can't control you with candy, <laughs> if I can't control you with the, you know, with the sugar and the sweets, and if I can't control you that way, then I will intimidate you. I will bully you. I will make, I will, I will make you cower down to me. I will make you fear. I will make you afraid. Right. So intimidation, um, threatening, you know, uh, making you feel as though you, you, you won't, you can't live without them. You know, you won't do anything without them. You won't be able to accomplish anything, do anything or be anyone without them. Right. So this is the type of intimidation we're talking about. You know, you'll, you know, if you leave this church, um, you're going to be cursed. If you leave this church, you're not going to find another anointing like this. You'll never find another leader like me. You never find, you know, this kind of thing. So we're talking about intimidation, intimidation, um, and so on. Okay. So let's see the next one here is pretentious about forgiveness. These are not in any particular order either. You guys, um, pretentious about forgiveness, pretentious about forgiveness. What do I mean? Someone who, um, if you offend them in, in any way, or if you refuse anything that they're trying to get you to do, um, or if you make a mistake, you know, God forbid, because the they will uh, pretend to forgive you, right? But they really haven't forgiven. They're, they're the, the kind of people who um, claim to forgive, but never forget, will bring it back up later. This is a narcissistic behavior, right? So we're talking about uh, someone whose forgiveness is pretentious because they have a secret motive. In other words, I will pretend to forgive you, but if you if you uh, cross the line again, if you cross the line again, I'm going to bring this back up. Right. If you if you cross the line again, <laughs> I'm going to throw this intentionally throw this right back in your face. Right. So this is what we mean by um, pretentious, uh, pretentious forgiveness. Uh, pretentious about forgiveness. And then we see uh, also bitter that these types of leaders are bitter people. These types of leaders do not, um, uh, they talk about joy, but they don't really have any real joy. They talk about peace, but they don't really have any real peace. Um, they're always uh, complaining about someone who's not doing this or not doing that for them, you know. Um, someone who is uh, always complaining about uh, people not giving, people not supporting them, always complaining about people not, you know, showing up, not being accountable and so on and so forth, you know, complaining about it, complaining about it, um, always bringing up what someone did to them in the past, you know, and, and they just, they, they, they live in this, this state of bitterness because 
they they have never really forgiven. Perhaps they don't even know how to forgive themselves. And so um, un, uh, unforgiveness, if not, if it goes unchecked, it will turn into bitterness and bitterness is um, uh, what, you know, witchcraft. And all all witchcraft and divination derives from it. It derives from a place of bitterness. Someone who uh, is bitter. Amen. So let's look here at the next one. I'm just looking at my notes here. Um, the next one uh, we would say is discouraging and brings others down. Someone who is discouraging causes you discouragement and brings you down. Someone who kind of bullies you. Um, we saw that Jezebel, um, you know, when, when she came after Elijah, she threatened him, right? That she was going to kill him. She sent messengers to chase, uh, to tell him that, you know, he's, he's going to die. Right. And so she, she did not order his death right away, but first she sent the messengers to threaten him and to discourage him and make him feel, you know, make him feel afraid, make him feel afraid because that's where discouragement comes from. It comes from a place of fear. So this spirit wants to put fear in you. If you don't bow, if you don't obey me, if you don't do what I say, then I will put fear in you. I will threaten you. I will, I will make you feel discouraged. Um, these types of churches, you will find that the leader is always, um, uh, it, it's always a rebuke, you know, it's always, it's always correction. It's always rebuke and it's always hard rebuke, hard rebuke. Now I want it, to, it, it's, it's different from an actual prophet An actual prophet of the Lord will come to, to bring uh correction. Yes. To bring rebuke, to, to bring, to rebuke, to correct and all of that. But it is done in love and it, it is also uh, coming from a place of love. It's coming from a place of love. You can tell that they actually they're act, they actually are looking out for your best interest. They're actually trying to save you from hell. They're actually trying to rescue you. The prophetic office, the true prophetic office, because we understand from what Jesus said in Revelation that this is a false prophet. It's a false prophetic anointing, right? The true prophetic anointing, um, it, 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 it comes to reform. It's about reformation. It's about uh, bringing correction, setting things back in order, putting things back in divine alignment with God's divine purpose and will for our lives. And so that is the nature of the true prophet. But the false prophet, <laughs> the false prophet will use the same, the same, uh, the same uh, avenues or the same things to discourage you, to discourage you. So they never lift you up. They never encourage. They never do anything. You know, it, it's it, they, they don't pray for you. You know, they don't uh, love on you. They don't encourage you and say, you know, OK, now you can make it. Now you can do this. You know, no, it. it you know, and if they do, the next time they come back, it's another, you know, it's just like, it's like nonstop, right? Now, again, we have to, we have to understand that we're not talking about the spirit of Jeremiah, who was the prophet that God sent 
to a nation or to a body of people to bring reformation, to tear down, to destroy, to tear down everything ungodly about that thing, and then to build and to restore. So again, this is the counterfeit, the counterfeit, right? So antichrist, it looks like Christ, sounds like Christ, but it's not Christ. It is against Christ. Okay. So uh, we just want to understand the difference there. So um, uh, this is a spirit that always kind of brings you down because they, they want to keep you coming back to them, coming, keep coming back to me. Right. It, it, it builds this false sense of loyalty, this false sense, uh, this false connection, if you will, um, of loyalty. Right. Um, let's see. The next one I have here is sexual immorality and seduction. Um, the another sign is sexual immorality and seduction. Uh, the Bible says that Jezebel, uh, Jesus said that he. He, um, excuse me, he said that Jezebel uh, seduced his servants to commit fornication, right? So she seduced his servants to commit fornication. So that means that she was seductive. That means she was, you know, she was lustful. <laughs> she was lustful. She was a temptress. She was a, um, a, uh, a, a very subtle but bold spirit at the same time. It's the type of seduction that is charismatic in nature, very charming in nature. Again, male, male or female, right? And so this is uh, this spirit is seductive, knows how to woo you, knows how to pull you in, knows how to draw you in, right? And also sexual, Im sexually immoral. Um, uh, one who is a fornicator, one who is an adulterer, one who, um, uh, you know, likes to likes just loves sex, you know, one who who cannot control their libido, one who you will hear about, you know, going after women in the church, um, forbidding, uh, forbidding uh, women in the church to marry you know, or, or when they get close to marriage, you know what I mean? Like some kind of way they try, they find a way to tear it down. Um, marriages don't last in the church because, you know, uh, the, the, the head of the church or the leader is sexually immoral. So therefore, you know, the marriages don't last. Uh, you're going to see what's on the head it's going to flow down throughout the body or the members in the church. So if the if the if the leader's um, marriage is in trouble, right, then you're going to see the same thing trickle down into the members of the church because you have to remember that that person, being the head or the uh, the angel, I will say, um, yeah, the anointing that's on the head of the church, which is not that person is not actually the head of the church. The head of the church is Christ, but being the leader of the church, well, according to the book of Psalms, the anointing flows from the head to right to the uh to the foot or the skirt skirts or skirt tails, etc. So the anointing flows from the head. So whatever anointing is on that leader, right? And in this case, it's a demonic anointing. 
It is a perverted, twisted anointing, right? So that, that anointing that is being released to you through their mouth, through their words, when they are preaching to you week in and week out, that's, that anointing is coming on you, yes. <laughs> and, 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 it's, and it's working in your life. It's, it's also working in your life. So this is the poison, the venom that's going to, that comes out that will affect your, your home life, your family, your marriage, etc. because you carry that spirit back home with you. You carry that spirit back home with you. So we're talking about sexually immoral. You're talking about how do you know if the, if the leader is sexually immoral? Well, um, if the tell, if the telltale signs are not obvious, then, you know, and, and, if you have if you have the Holy Ghost, you should be able to discern when someone is flirting with you, when someone is um, is tempting you, when someone is subtly out of order with you, um, when someone is um, tantalizing in nature, when someone who is overly uh, sexual, over overly sexual in nature. It even comes out in their words, in their preaching. Sometimes when they're preaching, they grab their crotch or they hunch at you at the crowd, you know, and things like that. I, I hate to sound graphic, but I'm just trying to describe it the best way I can. I've seen it. I've lived it. If you've ever seen it, then you know what I'm talking about. But, you know, it, it, it's always kind of um, alluding to a sexual uh, disposition, a sexual uh, um, uh, connection, if you will, even in times of teaching to, to bring understanding, um, they will use body language that is sexual. They will use body language that is sexual. Um, so these types of things. Um, also, um, someone who Someone who um, likes to have private conversations with you, likes to isolate you and have private conversations. I'm not talking about one or two. I'm talking about excessive, uh, you know, private conversations. Come here, come here, come here. Or calling you on the phone, texting you repeatedly, this, that, you know. And especially if the leader is not married and they're constantly reaching out to women in the church, constantly reaching out, reaching out, you know, and, and the, and, 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 uh, at times that it's not even necessary at times when it's even out of order, you know what I'm saying? When it's disrespectful to my household for you to call me at a certain time of the night or a certain hour, you know what I mean? This kind of thing, this kind of thing. So we're, this is what we mean by, um, uh, seductive, sexually immoral, cannot control their sex life. Um, uh, probably, you know, hooked on pornography of some kind uh, or, you know, in some kind of sexual relationship with someone who is not their spouse, not their God-given spouse. Amen. Um, and also does not, uh, does not rebuke. <laughs> Let me put this in. Someone who does not rebuke or correct seductive behavior in church from other members. For example, you have ladies that come in and sit on the front row in the church and their skirts are too short, etc. I can understand if it's a visitor and, you know, they may not have had anything else to wear. But someone who is a repeated regular member of the church 
who is doing this intentionally, who is um, who is doing this unashamedly, you know, um, someone who is even could even be a leader in the church, right? Who is uh, singing on the worship team or leading, you know, uh, leading the choir or or whatever, and uh, or exhorting, etc., and wearing, you know, these seducing type, uh, sed seducing or seductive type of clothing, you know, um, and it's not checked; it goes unchecked. The pastor is sitting there, but they're not saying they ne never say a word. They never correct the person. You don't see the person go home, you know, and, and come back next week in a better attire because the 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 leader never addressed the issue. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so so this is like um, sexually immoral behavior in the church uh, from the members that is unchecked or uncorrected. Amen. So um, that's another uh, sign there where, uh, let's see the next one would be, um, the spirit is a, obviously a religious leader. It is someone who teaches, right. Uh, but they're teaching false or erroneous doctrine. So going back to the scripture there, Jezebel, the Lord, uh, said that she does what it says, Jezebel, you suffer that woman, Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess to teach, to teach and to, and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. So she's teaching idolatry. She's teaching idolatry. <laughs> she's teaching them how to consume things that have been sacrificed unto idols, right? Um, so we, we the, the main point uh, of this sign is that it is uh, nine times out of 10, a leader in the church. It is the leader, the pastor, the prophet of the house, the apostle of the house. You know, it can be the bishop. This, this spirit thrives on uh, leadership positions, leadership roles. Jezebel was a queen. So she was in a leadership role, right? Of influence. And she um, and the spirit always seeks influence, always seeks uh, positions of influence, seeks a, 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 a pulpit, a podium, a microphone, a stage, always seeks uh, fame, um, uh, power, um, you know, etc. So once that spotlight, right, once that spotlight, but no, just be mindful that it is nine times out of 10, the leader of the church. We're not just talking about leaders, leaders in the church, right? But we're talking about the leader of the church because what did we say? The anointing flows from the head down. So this is a leader. This is a leader, probably your pastor, <laughs> you know, I hope nobody's manifesting when they listen to this. Um, but it is a religious leader who is teaching false or erroneous doctrine. Amen. Um, so uh, let's see. Next one. Uh, it is it is a, a spirit of witchcraft. It is a spirit of witchcraft. How would you recognize it's a spirit of witchcraft? Because witchcraft or witches, they always have to connect and work through the, 
demonic protocol, right? We operate through divine protocol, but they operate through demonic protocol. So they connect and work through altars, covenants, um, uh, agreements. They want to bind you, right? They can't work without legal right, right? So what does the Bible say? How can two walk together except they be agreed? They need your agreement. They need your agreement. So this is a witchcraft spirit that is always seeking uh, to come into agreement with you, to bring you into agreement with him or her, um, to bring you into a covenant with them, to bind you to them through um, an altar of some kind, you know, to bind you to, to their altar. Uh, I won't say of some kind. It's a demonic altar because they worship idols. Their God is Baal. Their God is Baal, right? So they're working to bring you into agreement and to bind you to the same altar that they operate from. And, and you know, that's a whole, like, that's, that's, listen, that could turn into a 30-minute teaching within itself. So I'm going to keep going. <laughs> but these are some of the, some of the real signs now. It's getting real now. Um, it's a witchcraft spirit. So, um, this spirit is, it, it, you'll notice this by, uh, just listen to what the spirit is saying, what the person or the leader is saying to you, pay attention to their words very well. Um, they say things like, as long as in, you're in this church, you know, um, you know, you're fine. Um, like I said earlier, as it, it, you know, if, if you ever leave this church, you're going to be cursed. Um, we're the best church in the city, blah, blah, blah. They're self-exalting. You will hear them say things like, um, uh, I bind you, uh, to the altar or to the anointing that's on the, on, you know, this house, or, you know, as long as you're connected to the anointing that's on this house or the anointing that's on this altar, as long as you're connected to this altar, you will never fail. You will never die. Uh, none of our members will ever die. Nobody, you know, no death can come upon this church, you know, etc. Things like that. Pay attention to things like that. As long as you're with me, you stick with me and you'll never fail. You stick with me you know, and, 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 and we're going to, you know, we're going to be rich. We're going to be wealthy. We're going to have, you know, a, a parking lot full of, full of benzes. Nobody will ever know. Nobody will be able to drive up and tell who the pastor is, you know, because we're going to be, we're going to be balling, you know, and stuff like that. They're always trying to connect you to them through some kind of, uh, demonic, uh, covenant, some kind of covenant that binds you to them that binds you to them. Another thing they do is um, the spiritual covering thing. I'm your spiritual covering. I'm your spiritual uh, daddy. I'm your spiritual mama, you know, and so on and so forth. They want to bind and they want to make a covenant with you. They want to keep, uh, uh, keep the connection between them and you strong, right? Like the mother and the child in the womb, the umbilical cord is what keeps them together. So they never want that cord severed. That's the reason why a lot of uh, times when you're in a Jezebelic church, you never get released into ministry. You never get released into any type of uh, leadership position yourself because they want to keep you connected to them. 
They, they will promise you all of that, right? They, that's how they lock you in. They, they, they brainwash you. They give you uh, a pipe dream. You know what I'm saying? They give you a pipe dream and, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to build this and we're going to have that. And we're going to be this and we're going to, you know, and, 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 you know, and that's how they reel you in. That's how they reel you in. But half of those things, majority of those things are never true and you will never see them come to pass. The church will always be struggling because, <laughs> What, it, what does the Bible say? The way of the transgressor is hard. The way of the transgressor is hard. God is not going to let that, that church succeed. It's not going to let, he's not going to let that church succeed. Even though it may look like it's flourishing for a season and a time, it will always crumble. It will always fall down. Things will look and appear to be working, but behind the scenes, they are not working at all. They are not working at all. It is just a front. It is just smoke and mirrors. It is just the presentation to, to lure more souls in, right? So you see them like flamboyant. You see them like, you know, um, dressed in the best and all that kind of thing, right? Meanwhile, the members of the church look like welfare kids because the leader is sucking up all the money, right? <laughs> but, but you'll see that because... They want to draw you to them. They want to think that, you know, if you if you hook up with me, if you connect with me, you're going to be rich like me. But they're really not. You know what I'm saying? They are liars. They are liars. Um, they and, and, the, and the wealth and the riches that they do. Uh, well, they're not actually wealthy. <laughs> but 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 the riches or the money that they do have. It's because they stole it from you. <laughs> it's because they stole it from you. They stole it from the people through the same game of lies and manipulation and deceit. Okay. Um, and domination, <laughs> domination. Um, let's see. So spiritual covering, spiritual parents, things like that. They're trying to make a covenant with you. They're trying to connect you to their altar. Listen, there is no such thing as spirit as actual spiritual covering or, or spiritual parents. There is, it's not in the Bible. It is not real. It is not real. We have to just give it up. It is not biblical when, a, and they love to use apostle Paul, how he said to Timothy, my son, Timothy, my son in the faith, etc. He was speaking in, in terms of a, a mentor mentee relationship. That is it. That is it. All this, you know, you're my spiritual daughter and you're my spiritual son and you go everywhere with me or you don't do anything without my permission and things like that. You have to watch out for things like that. They want to control you, especially if they want to control your money, because that is the goal. They want to control your money and they want to control your body because they need your body in that in that place. Right. And so um, they want you there. They always want you there. Come, 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 come here, come here, come do this, come do that. We're having this. We're having that. I need you for this. I need you for that. Can you uh, volunteer? Can you participate? Can you give? Can you this? Can you, can you come, come, come? You know, it's a constant connection that they have that they want you 
to be connected to that church, which is connecting you to them. So they are breaking what? Divine order. They are breaking divine order. God said, let all things be done decently and in order. What is divine order? Divine the, the, the divine order that brings balance to a person's life. What would that order be? Well, the divine order is God first, God first, family second, and then the church. Now, this order will be preached to you. They will mention it several, you know, maybe once or twice. I don't know. You know, they will mention it to you. You know, you will hear them say it. Of course, they have to say all the right things. So you will hear you will, you will hear them say, you know, it's God first and the family second and the church last or the church third. As it relates to them, yes, <laughs> you see, they apply it to them to their own lives. You know, when they don't want to do something, but they enforce otherwise upon you. They, it, they enforce the exact opposite upon you with you as the member or the, or the servants in the house, right? Or the volunteers, because that's what, that's the term they've given, a, given you, you know, nowadays, because they, they have to make it plain for tax purposes that they're not paying you, <laughs> you know, they have, they have to make it plain on paper that you are not employees, because that means that, that you would be warranted a paycheck, right? Um, and there are churches that pay, you know, that pay salary and things like that. But I'm talking about a Jezebelic church that is trying to suck the life out of you and suck you dry with no pay, work you to death with no pay. That is not the spirit of God. That is not the spirit of God. So we're talking about um, come, come, come. They always want you to come. They are breaking divine order. They could care less about how your family is suffering through this, what your family wants to do, needs to do. Um, you will see them do things like, do, do things like um, um, call like excessive meetings and stuff like that. Excessive, you know, uh, again, texting, uh, WhatsApping, you know, and, and, and announcements and stuff like that. Excessive. It's excessive. It's too much. It's too much. You can't catch a breath. You can't plan anything on your own calendar for your own family without them coming to, you know, mess it all up. You know what I'm saying? The church calendar changes frequently, <laughs> you know, um, it, it, you know, they, they're not concerned about your family calendar. They're not concerned about, you know, what you, what you need to do time that you need to spend with your family. They're not concerned about that. They are breaking divine order. So we said, what God first family, second church, last church, last, um, as long as you have God first in your life, as long as you have your family, uh, you know, in, in the right priority, which is second, then you are good. You are good. The church comes after that. The church is not God. The church is not Jesus. Jesus is married to the church, but the church is the body of believers. Jesus is the head. <laughs> so Jesus comes first. God comes first. And then your family and then the church. So you will see them breaking divine order. 
um, breaking divine air order, throwing off uh, balance and not concerned about it. Um, let's see. Uh, the next one you will see is uh, a lack of real intercession, a lack of real intercession, no intercessory prayer team in the church. Or if there is an intercessory prayer team, they have not been trained or taught on prayer. They, 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 you know, they're just kind of renegades in prayer. <laughs> they pray witchcraft prayers. You know, they do all kinds of things and no one ever knows because no one checks, you know, the intercession. No one checks the prayer team. No one establishes the prayer team. It's not a priority. So it's okay for the prayer team to just operate anyhow. That is the most important um, operation or function of a church is the prayer team, the intercession. And so either there's no intercessory team or, you know, there, there's no real intercession. There's no real prayer going on. And the leader is absolutely okay with it. They don't prioritize prayer or prayer teachings. Okay. Uh, the next one is, uh, it lacks real demonic manifestation and deliverance. This type of church lacks real demonic manifestation and deliverance. There is no real demonic manifestation. Now I know sometimes, you know, you see people falling down, you see people's wigs flying off and you see all kinds of things, you know, but the demons are not actually manifesting. They are acting out. So they, they, um, they understand when they're in a in a comfortable atmosphere, right? So that they can act out and they can, you know, they can show out. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're, they're just having fun. I mean, demons do just have fun. Like I've spoken to demons before. I said, what are you doing there? You know, in, in the course of doing deliverance on people. And I, when I say, well, what are you doing there? He said, I'm just hanging out and having fun. I like it here, <laughs> you know? So there you have it. This, 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 and this type of church atmosphere, listen, Jesus said, Satan cannot cast out Satan because a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. So wherever you see a lack of demonic manifestation, real demonic manifestation and the casting out or expelling of the demons, that is not the church of the living God. That is a Jezebelic church. Now, if you see someone lay, lay, if you see the leader laying hands on people and the people are falling out, it could be courtesy falls, you know, it could be, you know, uh, just um, euphoria, euphoria, because they got the music going. And, and, and that's another thing. The music, <laughs> the music is allowed to to just be in how. The use, music is allowed to, the musicians are allowed to just play anyhow. And it often sounds like uh, very, very religious or very, very um, uh, uh, what, what would be the right word? Very um, loud, very overbearing, um, very um, uncontrolled. You know, you can tell when someone is playing music or playing worship and praise and they are being led or controlled by the Holy Spirit. Right. It sets a certain atmosphere and the atmosphere is a holy atmosphere. It's pure. 
it's pure. The glory of God will even come in. But nowadays, you know, we, we have manufactured a glory. It's a false glory. It is a euphoric glory. It is a Kundalini spirit that is operating through the music because oftentimes these churches, these types of churches will, will hire any kind of musician to come in there. They don't know that person's, uh, a relationship with God. They, they don't know that person. They can't, you know, discern or don't even really care about sometimes how that person, uh, how that person's spiritual walk is doing. Right. And they're not concerned about that. I just need you to come and play. I will pay. I will pay you to come and play. And sometimes those musicians often have issues with these types of leaders because they don't get paid. So they've been lied to, but they come and they come and they come and they just play anyhow. And you can tell that it's another spirit driving it. Now, what this creates is a spirit of euphoria. That is a false glory or a false anointing where demonic spirits can operate in that anointing, right? They can lay hands in that anointing, right? And, and, and people shaking all over the place uncontrollably, that is not the spirit of God. That is a Kundalini spirit because it's operating out of, it's coming out of a spirit of lust. It's coming out of a spirit of lust, <laughs> a perversion, perversion. Okay. So, 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 you know, wherever, once again, wherever there's a lack of control, a lack of order, divine order and you see people you know manifesting weirdly you see people you know like uh with uncontrolled behavior you know yeah you know it, it's normal that when when you're in the spirit sometimes you can't really control yourself especially if you are being controlled by a demonic spirit if you have a demonic spirit and, and it's manifesting of course not but i'm talking about the real thing i'm talking about i'm not talking about the one that's fake and then they get up and they fix their makeup and look around and see who who saw them you know who saw their wig fall off you know what i'm saying and then they get they pop back up like that never happened no i'm not talking about the the um the fake laughter and the and the you know the 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 Holy Ghost dance you know the Holy Ghost Pentecost the Holy Ghost dance they do I'm not talking about that that is not a real manifestation I'm talking about real demonic manifestations you won't see it there where the demons are challenging the authority in the house they are challenging the leader in the house or they cannot help but manifest but they're trying not to you know what i'm saying because the word is being being preached in power and in the demonstration of the holy ghost that is what we're talking about real demonic manifestation and real deliverance when the leader comes to lay hands on the person nothing happens nothing happens the demon manifested but the demon did not leave the demon did not leave right we're talking about when when that leader, that man or woman of God comes to lay hands on you, that demon comes out, right? Because this is the house of the true and living God. So you have to know the difference. Pay attention. Just because somebody lay hands uh, on somebody, that don't mean it's deliverance. No. Did the demon leave? Did the demon actually manifest, number one, and did the demon leave? Or the demons, did they leave? Did, did they try to leave? 
Did are, Were they afraid? <laughs> you know, was anything that person was saying working or did, did that person actually <laughs> pretend to deliver them? You know, put their hand on, lay their hand on you and push you down. And then you whoo, pass out, courtesy, fall, right? And then people call that deliverance. We call that deliverance in the church. It is not because the demons are still in there. Did the demon talk? Did, did, did anything happen? <laughs> you know, so this is what we have to look for. Okay, let me hurry up. La uh, next one is self-serving. I think I mentioned this one already. Someone, uh, a leader who is self-serving, um, selfish, loves the spotlight, self-appointed, lacks any true or real accountability. They talk about their spiritual parents. You know, they talk about who ordained them into ministry. They talk about you know, who appointed them and so on, but you never see that person that appointed them and you never, um, uh, you never hear any, anything about them again. You see what I'm saying? I'm talking about true accountability. Whereas you can tell that if this person, if this leader is repeatedly walking in sin, repeatedly living in sin and you know, people know about it in the church. It's rumor here, rumor there, etc. But it's never it's never addressed with um, their covering or with their with with the person who ordained them into ministry. That person never steps out of the shadows, or um, the leader is just continuing like a renegade. You know, the leader is just continuing like a renegade. That's telling you, I have no accountability. It's telling you, I answer to no one. I answer to no one because the person literally can, cannot and will not stop. The person will not stop. So that person, that leader, the leader of that church is, is uh, self-appointed. They lack true accountability. Um, therefore, <clears throat> Also, they they point the they point you or they point the members to them instead of Jesus, because remember, they don't have any accountability. They're self-appointed. They're self-called. Jesus said what Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess. Right now, there are those of us who are called by Jesus, commissioned by Jesus, right? And he even sent us to people who can, who we can, uh, who can act as accountability, uh, partners, accountability, um, figures in our lives, right? Mentors, etc. But when you see someone who, who is a renegade and they're just out here, you know, doing anyhow, then you understand that that person has no accountability. And guess what? They are, they are passing that same spirit on to you. They will never lead you to Jesus. They will never lead you to Jesus to actually be your accountability, you know, uh, so that you can be accountable to Jesus or, or he can actually be your head or be your covering. No, they, instead they will point you to them. They will lead you to them. Right. Remember we talked about the, the covenants. They want to bind you to themselves. They will never 
lead you to Jesus, but they will always lead you to themselves. This is a Jezebelic leader, Jezebelic leader. Next one, um, seeks for Ahab. Now, this is very interesting. Um, seeks for Ahab. Jezebel was married to King Ahab, right? Who was the most wicked king of his time, right? So this spirit actually looks for uh, people to connect to and join themselves to that will act as an, as an Ahab in their life. So they want someone who is uh, passive. They want someone that they can easily control. They want someone that they can easily uh, manipulate and, 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 and that can act as their puppet. They want someone that can act as their puppet to to uh, to control the members for them on their behalf, right? So they look for someone to carry out their mission through. They're looking for, you know, another leader to link, you know, to connect themselves to or to bring them under your under their wing. If you if you are uh, have any kind of uh, leadership uh, calling on your life, well, we're all called to be leaders, but um, you know when they can recognize that you are a leader, okay? You're not a babe in Christ. You're not, you know, you didn't come to uh, to eat. You came to help feed and so on and so forth. When they see that type of anointing come into the house or come into the church, they pull you up under their wing and and they try to, you know, they, they try to use you as their puppet. They try to use you as their puppet. They will never allow you to flow freely in the anointing that is, that God placed on your life. They want to control that anointing. They want to harness that anointing. They'll say, oh, you're good, but you know, you know, let's fix this and let's fix that. And let's, you know, they, they will, they will make up things that are wrong, that are not really there, even though, yes, you may need more, a little more training, a little teaching and so on and so forth. Of course, we haven't arrived, but they will always keep you in a place of, you know, um, I got my hand on you. If, if that, if, if that makes sense, they will never just let you go, you know, and just let you flow and operate. You know, it, it's always like they will, grab you and pull you back under them. And, you know, so like that. So they, they want to make you their puppet because puppets have to be manipulated. They have to be controlled. Right. And you are the leaders. They will call you leader. They will give you a title. Oh, this is prophet. So prophet, so-and-so pastor, so-and-so prophet is so-and-so evangelist, so-and-so they will give you a title. Right. But, but it's only so that they can use you right to make to prop themselves up and to make themselves look better before the people so they can control the people so that they can easily control the people um hope you're understanding all right so um they the the the, the Jezebel spirit is looking for Ahab looking for the weak link looking for a, a you know a weak leader um what's the next one uh, hates being exposed and confronted. Now, this is the thing uh, about the Jezebel spirit that's also connected to what we said earlier about the anger and the rage, you know, and so on. Once this spirit is confronted or once this spirit is controlled, excuse me, exposed, it will become angry. 
It will become angry even to the point of rage if it cannot grasp, grasp control again, right? So the biggest thing about Satan, do you know what it is? The biggest thing that Satan hates do you know what it is? He hates to be exposed. He hates to be exposed. He hates to be uncovered or uncloaked. He hates to be unmasked. And so when this spirit is found out, <laughs> when this spirit is confronted or exposed, it will do one or two things. And some of these things, you know, I, uh, I heard, uh, another, uh, one of my, uh, YouTubers, uh, pastors that I subscribe to on YouTube, I heard him say this. He said that, um, that Jezebel, the spirit of Jezebel will do one or two things. One of two things. It will, um, either try to intimidate you, try to, you know, or excuse me, try to threaten you or try to seduce you. So, if the spirit is exposed, if, if the spirit is exposed or confronted, it will try to do one or two things to grab hold of the situation again. It will either try to seduce you or, or try to um, probably the first reaction would be to, you know, threaten, to threaten you, to um, intimidate you somehow to, you know, you know what I'm saying? Because that was the first thing that she did to Elijah, right? She threatened him. She threatened his life. So if, you know, in other words, if you can't beat them, join them, right? So, but she will try to beat them. She will try to beat you. So she will try to threaten you somehow, you know, and so on, or point the finger back at you. But if that's not working, then she will, she will play the seduction game. That means, you know, kind of like the hide and seek, you know what I'm saying? Um, turn, transform herself into an angel of light, you know, so that you are, are you really sure about what you said about me? Are you really sure that's right? You know, cause you to doubt and question yourself and question your motives and question, you know, man, did I really, was that right? The way I handled that situation, was that true? You know, or, or, or is my mind playing tricks on me, etc. You know what I'm saying? The Bible talks about Elijah, how, what did she do? She, when, when he destroyed the 450 prophets of Baal, Jezebel threatened him and, and intimidated him with, with fear. So she put fear in him and caused him to question his own anointing. He, 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 he eventually like, he was like, hiding and running and you know and, and god was like what are you doing here under this tree like what 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 are you doing what are you doing he was hiding he he even wanted to take his own life he even wanted to to take his life that's how serious it was so she made him feel so uh intimidated and so threatened and so fearful that that he uh he became depressed he became suicidal, you know, he, he became confused. He didn't know whether he was coming or going. What is this? What is this? You know what I mean? So he was afraid. He was afraid. So this spirit hates to be exposed and confronted. It will either try to intimidate you, try to threaten you, or try to seduce you, try to seduce you um, and bring you back. That seduction is meant to bring you back 
to me. Come back to me where you belong, right? So it, it's creating a strong soul tie with you, right? Even if you try to leave, it's like, you know, like one of my sisters says, they send the tentacles out. And pull you back in, you know, and I, I call it the, you know, their shepherd's rod because they're leaders. Right. So, you know, some of them were, were some of them weren't weren't called by God, but they're leading. You know what I mean? Some of them went, but they weren't sent and they're leading. Some of them were sent and called by God, but they became greedy. They became greedy and they sold themselves out for a Jezebel spirit. They bought some witchcraft. I'm telling you, I'm telling you and put it on that church. Now we're, we're, um, we're, we're talking about, um, the fact that this spirit, uh, will seduce you to lure you back in. So they will reach that shepherd staff out there and pull you back in, right? Pull you back in, but their motives are not pure there. That's the thing. Yes, leaders, uh, church leaders, pastors are supposed to go leave the 99 and go find that one that was lost. But the motives, see, remember the word of God discerns the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So it's all about motives. Another thing about the Jezebel spirit is it's always it speaks like a uh, it speaks like a lamb. Um but operates like a dragon. It speaks like a lamb. So what is it? What does that mean? It means that they say the right things. They, they, they will say the right things, anything to deceive and manipulate you into staying, uh, staying with me, stay with me, stay under my wing, right? Control you, control you. So they will say all the right things. Um, all right. Uh, let's look here at the next one. Uh, the last one, in fact, avoids repentance at all cost. Avoids repentance at all cost. The Jezebel spirit, if you go back to Revelation 2 and 20, you will see that the Jezebel spirit avoids repentance, will not repent, will not repent. Listen, this spirit will do everything but repent. This spirit will run. This spirit will hide. This spirit will deflect and try to point the finger back at you. Well, look at you. You're not perfect. You can't judge me. You this, you that, you this, you that. It will deflect. It will argue. It will even fight to avoid repentance, to avoid repentance. And so what did Jesus say? Jesus said, I gave her space to repent of her fornication and she repented not. So this spirit will not repent. Jesus said, I gave her space. That means I gave her time. He probably gave her a long time to repent, but she would not. She repented not, right? And so Jesus, knowing that she was not going to repent, said, I will cast her into a bed with them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And then he goes on to say, and I will kill her children with death. 
I will kill her children with death. So what does that mean? Anything coming out of that ministry is not going to survive. Anything coming out of that church is not going to survive in terms of ministry. It's not going to grow unless the umbilical cord is cut, unless you are separated from that wicked altar or, or, or separated from that ungodly connection, covenant, agreement, whatever uh, tie you have to that church or that person. And so um, this spirit will not repent. This spirit will not repent, refuses, refuses to repent. I'm not wrong. No, I'm not wrong. Y'all just as wrong as I am. Y'all this and y'all that, you know, and so on. But, you know, instead of just saying, Lord, you know, is it me? Is it me, Lord? You know, remember David, when David, you know, when, when the prophet came to David and said, you are the man, David humbled himself and he was like, okay, it's me. You know, he went to the Lord. He sought the Lord in fasting and prayer. He still bared the brunt of, of, of that sin, those consequences. But guess what? He repented. He repented. So that's another thing you'll hear these leaders, uh, Jezebelic leaders saying that they will always bring up, especially, you know, because this spirit, of course, is sexually immoral. So they will always bring up um, that, you know, David and Solomon and how they had many wives or how they married, you know, um, other men's wives and so on and so forth which was an ungodly thing. It was, it was still sin. It was sin that David killed Uriah and took his wife. And it, and it was also not just sin because of the act of taking his wife or sleeping with the woman, because that was a common in, in the culture, you know, uh, of, of those days. But the sin was also the idolatry. See, something that's common in culture, it may be common in culture, but it's still sin. But the real, the thing that it's leading you to, you see, <clears throat> the thing that it's leading you to, that's what <clears throat> Solomon's problem was, was that he had, yes, he had all those, <clears throat> all those wives, but they led him to idolatry. <clears throat> Excuse me. They led him to idolatry. So that, so, so, you know, that was the thing. So they can, they'll say things like, give me one second. They'll say things like, you know, I'm like David <coughs> and things like that. They want you to, they're, they tr they're trying to bring you into a place of understanding that, you know, I, I'm just a man, um, <coughs> you know, my flesh gets weak. You know what I'm saying? I like sleeping with women. You know what I'm saying? I like sex and things like that. And it's okay because David was like that. And David was God's anointed. And David, you know, was a man after God's own heart, etc., etc. They love to use David. They love to use Solomon. They love to use that. However, once again, just because polygamy was common in the culture of those days, in, in, in the culture at that time. Even now, sexual immorality is common in America. It's common. It's common. Everybody does it, right? 
it, almost everybody does it. So just because it's common doesn't make it right. It doesn't mean that, you know, that I don't love God because I have a sex problem. Yes, I still love God. You see, so that's what they're trying to say. They're trying to say, well, you know, even though I have this problem, I still love God. I, you know, I'm still anointed by God. I'm still a man or woman after God's own heart, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they will never repent of the immorality. Fornication is a sin. Sexual immorality, adultery is a sin. It was a sin back then and it is sin today. So, you know, just because it's common and just because you saw it in the Bible does not mean it was not sin. Repent. We have, you see, they will do everything to avoid repentance and they will try to prop that thing up so that you, you will feel even feel sorry for them sometimes, you know. Oh, you know, well, he's just human, you know, but you're not just human when you're up there preaching and huffing and puffing and taking advantage of people and, you know, going after people's bank accounts. Then, then you know what I'm saying? You're not weak and just a man, you know, or just a woman. So, you know, that um, the the they won't repent of the sexual morality. And what did Jesus say? The idolatry, the idolatry. Because ultimately they're worshiping another God. They're not worshiping Jesus because worship means true service. Ser true service and worship comes out of love. And when you really love God, what does the Bible say? If you love me, keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. If someone is excusing their behavior and they're not trying to keep the commandments of God, you're deal dealing with a leader that is a Jezebelic leader um, who does not want to repent, does not want to repent. Um, so I'm going to tell you quickly here how to um, leave a Jezebelic church, how to leave a Jezebelic church. If you want to know how to leave a Jezebelic church, number one thing, you need the Holy Ghost, first of all. I hope you have the Holy Ghost and you have to be able to um, tune into the spirit. So you have to become once you see and you you see the signs and you're like, you know, wow, you know, I mean, no church is perfect. True. But when you see so many things that are wrong, and especially these things that are wrong, then red flag, red flag, red flags are going up everywhere. What do I do? How do I get out of this? How do I unwind myself? You know, I'm so far in. I'm so deep in. I'm a pastor in the church now. I'm a minister in the church now. I'm a teacher in the church now. I'm leading the intercession. You know, what? how do I get out of this? How do I leave? The Holy Ghost says, just leave, just leave, just leave. You, 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 you don't try to play the game of, well, I'm going to keep, I'm going to come and then I'm going to, I'm going to ask them to just release me. I'm going to try to leave the right way, you know, and so on. Listen, if you are, when you are dealing with a demonic spirit, when you are dealing with a demonic spirit, a narcissistic leader, Jezebelic leader, controlling leader, this is witchcraft. It is a demonic spirit. It is a demonic spirit. We don't negotiate with demonic spirits. We don't try to bow out gracefully. We don't try to leave kindly. 
you know, we don't try to, you know, no, you just go. In fact, run, flee, flee is what you need to do. The Bible says to flee from sin. And it also says to flee from even the very appearance of sin. So God forbid it's a demon. You are supposed to flee. Don't try to fight it. Don't try to, you know, don't, don't try to do any of those things. Run for your life because your life is on the line. Your ministry is on the line. The anointing that God put on your life is on the line. The anointing that God wants to give you, shall I say, because you, you're, you've been functioning under anoint, another anointing. The anointing flows from the head down. So you have been functioning and operating under another anointing, under another man's voice. All you can hear is the voice of that leader. All you can hear is the voice of Jezebel. That's all you can hear, tantalizing. Come back, come back. What are you doing? Why? What? What did I do wrong? Blah, 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 blah. You know, calling you, calling you, calling you. And the Holy Ghost is telling you, run. Run, run. Listen, I was in a Jezebelic church for, for 16 years. Three of those years, I, after I knew what was wrong, I couldn't run. It was like I was brainwashed. I was programmed. I was programmed. I could not run. I was programmed to hear the voice of that spirit and not the voice of God. And when I started recognizing, wait a minute, this, this, this is not God. Guess what? I was stuck. I was stuck. I was stuck. So I'm telling you now, don't keep going because you will get stuck. I was stuck trying to be faithful. I was stuck trying to be a pillar in the house. I was stuck trying to protect the throne, protect the king. I was stuck. I was stuck to that altar. I was stuck to that, to that anointing on that house. But the Lord, the Holy Ghost is saying, you need to run. You need to break agreement and run. Break agreement and run. Fast as you can fast as you can, especially if you have a family, especially if you have, if, if you were married and your marriage is, is still together or hanging on by a thread, you really need to be trucking. If your children are in there, you really need to be trucking. You really need to be running. Now, I'm going to tell you how to recover from a Jezebelic church in after you have left a Jezebelic church, when I left that Jezebelic church, the first one, because I, <laughs> I made the mistake multiple times, okay? When I left the first one, um, and I still love all these people. Don't get me wrong. I pray for all these people. Y'all see me on here every week praying for them, praying for leaders, praying for this. You know, I, I, I'm always, you know, reaching out. But Listen, if you are have left a Jezebelic church or ministry and you are you are uh, confused, you are hurt, you suffered abuse, you suffered, um, you know, all these things. Right. In order for you to recover, in order for you to heal, you need to stay isolated with the Holy Ghost. You need to stay in a quiet, you need to, you know, 
stay in a quiet place. You know, that means don't go run to another church. Don't go run and attach yourself to another ministry because just like a bad relationship, you're going to run right into the same kind of man again or the same kind of woman again. So you need to take time to seek the face of God. You need to take time to become acquainted with the voice of God. You need to take time to allow the Holy Spirit to eliminate all the other voices and all the distractions so you can actually hear the voice of God clearly. So you can become accustomed to the voice of God. So you can become accustomed to the true shepherd, the true shepherd, right? The actual anointing that breaks and destroys the yokes of bondage, that heals you from the inside out, that heals your wounds, your bruises, your putrefying sores. I'm talking about the anointing that is Christ Jesus. You need to become acquainted with him and be at peace. You need, to, you, need, you need to spend that time seeking God, letting the Holy Spirit teach you correctly because that Jezebel spirit has been teaching false, erroneous doctrine. That means that spirit has been twisting the scriptures. That spirit has been very loose about the scriptures, just quoting and saying things anyhow, not the way that the scripture said it, not referring to the scripture not pointing you back to the scripture. And sometimes they'll tell you, go home and read the Bible for yourself because they know you're not going to do it. So they don't care, right? I'm talking about a Jezebel spirit, a Jezebelic leader. They, <clears throat> they will twist the scriptures to get you to do what they want. They, know, they hold the truth in unrighteousness. Listen, the devil knows the truth. That's that. Thus, the spirit of antichrist. Well, you have to know the Christ in order to be anti. Hello. He lived with him in the beginning. Hello. He was and he was kicked out. Hello. So he knows God. He knows the spirit of truth. He knows the, who God, Jesus, the Holy Ghost, the 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 the, the uh, divine uh, Godhead. He knows him. He knows him. He knows him. So you need to um, let the Holy Spirit retrain you, your retrain your ear, reteach you the Bible. Because listen, I went through years of relearning this because a lot of it I caught. You know how they tell you, you know, this got to be caught. You know, <laughs> uh, some things are, you know, are, are caught, not taught. Well. You know, I caught a whole lot, <laughs> but I wasn't taught the real the real truth of the scriptures. I wasn't taught the real commandments. You know, when 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 listen, when sin is not being preached against and it's being condoned or it's being ignored, Jezebelic church, when heaven or hell is rarely even mentioned, Jezebelic church, you know, no demonic, no demons being cast out, no real deliverance, no, no real 
prayer, no real intercession, uh, no teaching on prayer, no real teaching in the house, no real teaching from the Bible, the scripture, line upon line, uh, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, breaking it down, feeding it to you, breaking it down with you, Jezebelic church, not a Bible-based ministry, Jezebel run. So I just gave you everything, the signs of a Jezebelic church, um, how to leave a Jezebelic church. What did we say? You just have to run, especially if you your, if your marriage is still hanging on by a thread or your kids are in there. You need to run for your life. You can bow out uh, quiet. No, don't bow out gracefully. Leave quietly. I will say that. Leave quietly. That means when I got ready to leave, he didn't know I was leaving. <laughs> I was sitting in the service and the, the Holy Spirit tapped me and said, this is your last service. You got to have that. You got to have an ear to hear God, <laughs> you know, and when somebody step on you and hurt you enough, then, you know, you, you, you're running to God. So you, your ear becomes more in tune with the, with what the spirit of God is saying. He said, this is your last service. I didn't argue with him. I did because I had I had I had tried I had ignored that voice for so long. I had ignored that voice for so long and I was scared to leave because of all the things that Jezebel told me. You never find another church like this, you know, you never find another anointing like this, you know. Where you gonna go if you leave here? You're gonna be cursed, your money gonna be cursed, la da 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 da. All of those were lies. <clears throat> so I was scared. I was scared, but the Holy Ghost said, this is your last service. So after the, after he finished preaching, I did not cause a scene. I did not get up and walk out in the midst of the preaching or anything like that because I had the members, you know, my brothers and sisters in mind, you know, I did not want to, you know what I'm saying? Cause a scene. If you get my meaning. However, looking back now, I would not have caused a scene, but I would have, uh, probably um, not uh, ignored everybody afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Like I did not reach out to anybody. I probably would have, you know, tried to warn somebody, you know, but I didn't. Uh, after the preaching, I got up. I even shook the leader's hand <laughs> and I left, you know, and I left. Now, you know, I'm not telling you to do that. All I'm saying is you need to leave and it's best to leave quietly because then, you know, otherwise, you know, they're going to come after you and, and or they're going to go take you in the office and try to sit you down and try to do all this kind of stuff to reel you back in to put the tentacles back on you. No, you need to just leave. You need to just leave and, and, and don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Okay. <laughs> Don't try to go back and, and, and go, oh, I'm just making it look this way because of this and because of that, you know, uh, but eventually I'm going to leave. No, just leave, just leave, just leave, just leave. Walk in, walk in integrity, walk in sincerity, walk in truth, walk in love. It's not that it's, listen, this is a spirit. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against demonic spirits, right? So this is a spirit. 
This is a spirit. So it doesn't mean you hate the person. You hate the leader. You hate the people. It doesn't mean you hate anyone. No, you don't start hating. You don't start, you know, kicking up dust and all that kind of stuff. And no, you don't do that. You walk in integrity and in sincerity and truth, and you be led by the Holy Spirit as to what to do. Let the Spirit of God lead you as to what to do. But make sure that you're always uh, staying in a place of love in your heart for those people, because at the end of the day, they are people and we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So now your job is to pray for them. Yes. Sometimes it's necessary to expose them. Yes, it is. Because if you read Corinthians very well, you will see where Apostle Paul told them that that thing should have been exposed and judged. So you have to uh, let the spirit of God lead you in, in, in how you do things. But always, always, always remember that God loves his people, but he hates the sin. He loved Jezebel enough to give her a space of repentance. See how, notice how angry Jesus was with her. He said, I will kill your children. God is a killer. God, the Lord was angry with her, but he still gave her a space to repent. He was angry with Cain. But he still gave Cain a, you see, you see. So we have to walk in love. We have to walk in love because otherwise you're going to let that same spirit become part of you. And that poison, you're going to swallow that poisonous venom. Don't digest that. Don't swallow that because then that's going to come out in your own ministry. It's going to come out later on down the line and it's going to hurt somebody else. So we don't want to uh, let the enemy turn us into what he is. Amen. Um, so I hope that answers your question. Sorry, this was longer than I expected. A lot of points that I covered there tonight. Um um, hour and 47 minutes. If you have any questions, you can drop them in the chat right now. And I'm going to be out of your hair in about two minutes here. Uh, Brother Robert is saying Jezebel, Jezebel often attacks a church body through members of the congregation. Yes, this is true too. Good point. Sometimes a person under uh, oppression of this spirit will attempt to disrupt and quench the flow of the Holy Spirit. Yes. So Jezebel can operate through uh, any member in the church, leaders in the church, etc. cetera. Um, in this case, or in tonight's, uh, in tonight's uh, message, we're talking about uh, the spirit of Jezebel in church leadership, right? How to tell the signs of a Jezebelic church. So that has more to do with the leader, the, the person's uh, leading the church, right? Or the pastor, etc. cetera. Uh, and as brother Robert said, though, when the, when the spirit of Jezebel is operating through members of the congregation and it goes unchecked, right? The leaders don't check, don't check that issue. Don't correct that issue, you know, at all then you also know that you're in a Jezebelic church because, you know, again, it boils down to the leadership because what is, what is on the head will flow down throughout, um, the congregation. Amen. Um, but yeah, uh, we got to get away from this thing about spiritual covering, you know, spiritual mama, spiritual, uh, daddy and all that kind of stuff. 
because it's not biblical. It's nowhere in the Bible. Apostle Paul was talking about uh, Timothy being his mentee, you know, his son in the faith. And in other words, you know, I, I mentored him. I trained him like Elijah and Elisha, you know, my son in the faith because I trained him, not because uh, not, not in a parental type of way where now I'm controlling you like a child, literally, you know, no, that, that is incorrect. And, and that, in fact, that is, um, uh, you won't find other places in the Bible where this thing is mentioned. In fact, the, uh, God said, call no man upon the earth, your father, much less call them, you know, your spiritual covering because your spiritual covering Think about a covering is a spouse is it, it, it is a spouse. Your spouse is your covering. If I get married, my husband is my covering because what, what did the Bible says that the, the, the head of the woman is the man and the head of the man is God or Christ. Right? So if I put a man on my head, it is for uh, as a covering. That is my husband. That is my husband. Now think about it. The church, you're a member in the church and the head or, or the leader, excuse me, of the church, the pastor is your covering. I mean, that 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 sounds kind of pedophilic to me, you know what I'm saying? Because that's out of order. Who is your actual covering? Christ. Christ is your actual head. Young ladies, young women, if you don't have a, a physical husband, you are married to the Lord. Christ is your head, not the pastor. Christ is your covering, not the pastor. If you are a man of God in the church, Christ is your head, not the pastor. Christ is your covering, not the pastor. That is not your, your spiritual covering. They cannot cover you from anything. They're human beings, flesh and blood, just like you. Only Jesus can cover us and protect us from anything. Only Jesus is sin is without spot, wrinkle, and blemish. You know, the lamb without a blemish or a spot. So he's the only one perfect enough to cover us. His blood, he, he laid down his life. He paid the ultimate sacrifice. He laid down, he gave up his own blood. He shed his blood for you. No other man has done that. No woman has done that. For you. So how dare we put a man in the place of Jesus? It just doesn't measure up. I'm telling you the truth because I did it for many years. I did it for many, many, many years. And guess what? When I got out of the of the Jezebelic church or churches, right? And I and I got alone with God and he started to re retrain me. He started to teach me the word, the actual word of God. He started to retrain my thinking, my mindset. He started to clean out my heart. And I saw all the low self-esteem and all the rejection and all the fear and all the pride and all the stuff that was working in me. When I saw all that stuff, when I saw all that stuff and I thought about how he laid down his life for me, and here I am calling these people, my spiritual mama, spiritual papa, spiritual daddy, and, and all that kind of thing, and my spiritual covering. Immediately, I was convicted. 
Now we're dealing with the Holy Ghost. He is the spirit of truth. He is the one who convicts us of sin. And he showed me, he said, that is error. That is sin. And then he sent people in my life to confirm it through the same, through the scriptures, same Bible. So it's sin. It's sin. No, this is my pastor. This is my uh, apostle. This is my bishop. That's the correct way to do things. This is my, you know, my mentor, etc. It's just the truth. It's in the word. It's in the word. Call no man upon the earth, Father. You got people bowing down uh, uh, to, to, to leaders and bowing down to pastors and literally, you know, bowing down on the ground to them. What did you, what did uh, uh, the angel say to John in Revelation? He said, "Don't bow to me." He said, "Don't bow down to me." There is only one who we bow to. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. He said, "I am a man just like you." Don't bow to me. We're not even supposed to bow to angels. We only bow to Jesus. So if a leader is allowing you to actually bow down to them, they have the wrong spirit. That's the wrong spirit. That's the wrong spirit. That's demonic. You need to pray for the conviction of the Holy Ghost to come upon that leader. This is why we pray uh, so much and talk so much about uh these leaders, uh, you know, uh, and the spirit of religion and antichrist. And we're going to be talking more about it in future teachings here. Uh, last thing, brother Robert says, uh, good night. Yes, because we're out of here. Thank you for this, uh, teaching sister Shelly. Good night and blessing to all. Amen. Thank you, brother Robert. Um, God bless you. Have a wonderful night. I pray that this, uh, this, uh, message, you know, uh, confirm some things for you that it opened your eyes, uh, that it opened your ears, that it caused you to, you know, examine your heart, examine what, uh, you know, uh, the voices that are speaking into your life. Amen. Um, please be careful who you allow to even lay hands on you, you know, and so on. Like, like we shouldn't take these things lightly. When you look at the book of Acts church, it was not like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, those we, we really need discernment in this hour. We really, really need discernment. And so I just pray I'm going to close in prayer. Father, I just pray for these that uh, that you uh, have drawn to hear this message. And I pray, Lord, that um, that uh, the things that they heard and the things that that they are. Uh, that you are confirming to them in their hearts, Heavenly Father. I pray that you would give them the courage and I pray, Father God, that you would give them the strength, oh Father, to uh, to recognize it and to run from it, to flee from it, to flee from the evil in Jesus name and to find a place of solitude in you, to find a place of quietness and stillness with you, to find a place uh, where they can hear you, where there's no distractions. I pray heavenly father, God, that you will strengthen them, that you will restore them, that you would heal them, Lord God, of every Jezebelic spirit and every spirit of, uh, uh, of, uh, narcissism, every abusive spirit, every abusive spirit, heal them of the abuse 
Heal them, Father God, of the trauma. Heal them of the rejection. Heal them of the pain. Heal them of the church hurt. Heal them, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Give them eyes to see, ears to hear. Let their discernment come alive in Jesus' mighty name. Draw them to your word. Cause them to hunger and thirst after true righteousness that they may be filled, Father God, and to hunger and thirst after your word like never before. Father, I pray that nobody but you would be glorified in their life that nobody but you, Father God, oh God, will be exalted in their life as as uh, as any kind of covering, as any kind of uh, spiritual parent, Father God. Let your love for, for them uh, be seen. Let your love for them, Father God, be realized in their hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray, Father God, that you give them an obedient heart to obey you, Father God, above all. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And we pray for every Jezebelic leader, every false leader, uh, those, Father God, that are walking in error, those, Father God, that are uh, uh, walking in sin, in, in unrepentant sin right now. And, uh, and we pray, Lord, that even as Jesus said, that even as Jesus said, Lord God, that they would repent, that they would overcome. I, we pray, Heavenly Father God, that they would... Um, that they would return unto you, that they will return unto you, that you may return unto them in the name of Jesus, that they will see themselves, Father God, as you see them, and that they will they will uh, humbly repent, that they will humble themselves and repent and turn back to you, that they may get the victory, that they may overcome, that they may see heaven and not hell. In Jesus' mighty name, Father, give us all ears to hear what your spirit is saying unto the churches in Jesus name. Amen. Glory to God. All right, you guys, I'm kind of rushing here. So I'm going to get out of here because I did not want to hit two hours. Uh, God bless you. And I will see you guys here Thursday night. We're going to be doing Halloween prayer, uh, deliverance prayer. Um, so stay tuned for that Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Amen. For another episode of how to slay in prayer. I love you. God bless you. Take care and good night. Like, comment, share, spread the truth everywhere. Amen. God bless you. Bye-bye.